0: This is Kenyon Drake, Arizona Cardinals running back and fantasy football cheat code. You're listening to Curtis Patrick and the Dynasty Command Center Podcast. Hit it.
1: Welcome back to Dynasty Command Center Nation. It's episode two. In the reboot era of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, we're going to stop calling it that now that we're two episodes in, but man, episode one was such a smash hit, thank you. Some of you guys were listening two and three times, it's nuts, Um, easily the most listened to episode over the first seven days post podcast release in the history of this franchise. Uh, Travis May and I, in our 50-plus episode run, had a number a number of mega episodes uh, that, that did big numbers, but nothing that compared to last week's episode with Scott Barrett and Sean Siegel. So thank you so much. Uh, really feeling the love, and I'm going to give you some more fire today. Before we get into the pod, I got some great feedback on some of the personal stuff that Sean and and Scott and I talked about last week. So I'm just going to try to give you guys like a little peek into my life every time I record. So, you know, it's it's Saturday, beautiful weather in Ohio today, not a cloud in the sky. I had a nuts week, an absolutely nuts week, totally exhausted by the time I got to Friday night. Today, I was just looking forward to getting some time outside and uh, I I think it's maybe just me hitting full dad mode at the age that I'm at. You know, I've got three kids under the age of 10. I'm in my mid thirties. I just, on the weekends, I'm finding myself being more and more attracted to like doing menial tasks. <laughs> and today uh, got the power washer out and went over my uh, UTV with a fine tooth comb, really getting all the nooks and crannies cleaned out after all the mud runs I've done. Uh, this spring and this summer and I got that th- I got a, a Kawasaki Mule Ranch Edition FXT. It was one of my gifts to myself last year uh, when, when I bought all this new property. I, I'm living on about 12 and a half acres here in the central Ohio area and uh, have some woods, have some land and you know like to drive around on that bad boy. So got her shined up, feeling good, taking care of my stuff. Uh, there's a sleepover at the commander's house tonight. My niece and nephew are staying over. And I'm sure that I will get no rest as a result. But I'm probably going to build like a huge pillow fort for him or something. And, you know, watch some Marvel movies or something. It'll be great. I'll be making popcorn. And probably cracking some bourbon. Um, And then, oh man, some huge fantasy news for me. I have the high honor of um, being invited to compete in the first ever fantasy football world series event. You're going to hear a lot more about this. The guys behind this just announced the event and the format on Twitter in the past week. And the websites only really available to those who have been invited so far, Um, but it's going to be public facing very soon, maybe even as soon as next week. But anyway, you know, they invited uh, 12, of their top identified fantasy players in the world to compete in a $120,000 rake-free event. So 12 guys, 10K per buy-in, 120 grand on the line. So um, here we go. Here we go. Money where the mouth is. Let's bring home some mega bacon in 2020. That's enough about me. You guys want to hear about this week's news. So we're going to talk about Man, man, just an absolute explosion that occurred with the Washington football team today. And then we're going to talk about your questions. The Dynasty Mailbag. I took questions from the Dynasty Command Center Slack and Twitter, pulled some that I felt like talking about, and I'll address them with the best answer I can give you. So evidently, it's Antonio Gibson week. Darius Geis letting us all down. Seems like he's maybe not a great human. We don't know the whole story yet. I don't think, but he's not employed in Washington anymore. He's no longer relevant in Dynasty. Fast forward to you know a mailbag question. I got a ton of the, you know ton of the question. What do I do with with Darius, guys? Well, I mean, you pretty much got to hold him. If you have some sort of personal moral code um, that infiltrates your your Dynasty strategy, and you feel like you need to cut him. Uh, and shallow leagues like FFPC, which I play a lot of FFPC dynasty, you know, you can only roster 20 players and 18 uh, offensive skill position players. Definitely droppable in those formats, seeing as he doesn't have a job. Um, you, you basically treat him like Devontae Freeman, but also if he was going to be suspended. I mean, the thing with guys is really he, I mean, he's given us a good game or two, right? But he's been in the league for two seasons. Uh, he's got a, a a horrible injury history. He's not the type of player that you probably want to root for at this point. Um, so, so he's no longer relevant, and it's created just it's taken this quagmire that was made up of guys, you know, who had the the draft capital and, and was a, I, I think, a player that most people thought would be an effective pro. Didn't show us a lot in the receiving game in college, but you know we've seen plenty of players develop that skill set as their NFL career, you know, marches on. Uh, but he's out of the picture, and so now we're we're really just looking at Adrian Peterson kind of being, you know, the incumbent veteran on a team that's looking for, you know, for leadership and players to set an example. And you know, I'm sure he's going to get some early down pounding. But man, it's so exciting to think about Antonio Gibson. And and even Bryce Love, Bryce Love, man, back in 2017, rushing for 2,000 yards, just an absolute stud in college football. But you know he's he's had his own injury history that he's dealing with, and we haven't seen uh, much of anything from him at the pro level yet. Didn't get to see much of him as a rookie last season. But Antonio Gibson, the Washington Football Team's third round pick this season. Everyone wants to say, you know, there's no sample size in college. You know, only only touch a ball 70-something times. You know, that's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, that's the type of thing that led to the Rotoviz dynasty team, you know, not not being David Johnson 2.0 high on him in rookie drafts earlier this spring. You know, but we had him marked as a, you know, mid mid to late second round rookie target even back then that's before the Darius Geist stuff happened and you know that type of discount really only exists because of the potential for a player not to establish himself into a fantasy producing role in year one Um, but as a, a, a day two pick with nearly unrivaled athleticism in this entire NFL draft class regardless of position I mean we've been on Antonio Gibson Despite his lack of college production profile, well, what's going to happen with Geis and Gibson in in terms of dynasty valuation? Today's FFPC stat attack: uh, Darius Geis this month has been going eighty-nine point eight, and dynasty superflex startups over the FFPC. He's obviously going to plummet. I would expect him to plummet out of the top two hundred. You know, effective immediately. And we're going to see Antonio Gibson go from a late. He, he was actually the first pick of the 11th round by ADP over last month, running back 36. I think he at least climbs to where Geis was, which would have been in the mid eighth round there at 89.8, top 30 running back. But man, I think he could climb. He really could climb all the way into the 70s uh, as a sixth round pick by the time this upward trajectory starts to reach a a new plateau it's going to be really interesting to track but you can find all kinds of ffpc stats at rotoviz we've got the ffpc command center we have ffpc dynasty tools best ball tools you can even actually find out who me or sean would draft when you're on the clock in an ffpc redraft competition like the main event if you use the ffpc command center during your draft you got to check all our tools out designed just for this platform. You can play Dynasty there. You can play Redraft there. And, of course, you can play Best Ball. They've got a great commissioner service. They backfill every single Dynasty team that's vacated. 100% placement rate and success rate in their Dynasty leagues. Never had a league fold. And you're going to play against some of the top competition. So, you know, check out FFPC.com. You won't regret it. More on Antonio Gibson. So, you know, one thing I've seen some people that I really respect actually in the, in the industry say in the, in the past 24 hours is, you know, hey, the right call is just to fade the Washington backfield. You know, I, I guess because maybe, you know, Geist was going to smash and, and now it's just too unsettled. I totally disagree with that take. And here's why. Um, the best backfields to target in a zero running back or modified zero running back build, you know, whether it's redraft or dynasty or if we're talking about, you know, prospectively trading for dynasty targets who could accrue a ton of value in the year to come, we want the unsettled backfields because they're unsettled, the discount exists. If if players were earmarked for specific shares, they're easier to project and therefore they, they find more of a community agreed upon ADP. You know, ADP is the average, but then there's also standard deviation. And a lot of the top zero running back targets end up having, you know, this wide, this wide bracket of availability in redraft leagues. Whereas the guys with established roles, they have an ADP and they're generally going to be, you know, selected within five or six picks of that average draft position. And so, you know, Just like in your next redraft league, you're going to have no clue whether to select Antonio Gibson in the seventh round uh, or the fifth round or the ninth round. I mean, he could go really anywhere just depending on how aggressive people want to be and how high they think it's too high. You got to ask yourself these questions from a dynasty valuation standpoint. He's going to rise. He's already risen. But how high will he actually go If he's the guy that wins the job and locks it down, 60, 70 targets, 180 carries, puts up over 200 PPR, and it becomes abundantly clear that the Washington football team is not going to draft a replacement in the 2021 NFL draft. I actually already think that's highly unlikely anyway, because they've hit that button on day two twice now in the past three years. And they've got a lot of team needs. And they just invested, what, the sixty-six pick on Gibson this year? I don't think they're going back to that well in 2021 anyway. But let's say that scenario plays out. And Gibson's a projectable guy in 2021. I mean, he's probably like a top 18 dynasty running back at worst in that scenario. And he's going to reach that value during the season. We're not going to do new startups during the season but if we could that's where he'd go. And and once you once you get into that range, you're talking about like a fourth round startup pick at worst. So just because his value spiked from the early teen rounds of dynasty startups last month probably to the 7th or 8th round immediately overnight in super flex leagues doesn't mean he's done climbing. And so You're going to see a lot of people say, you know, he's an auto sell now. Well, if you've got a lot of shares, there's nothing wrong with raking some profit. But if I've only got one Antonio Gibson share, you know, I'm not going to sell it. You know, unless you literally have someone that will give you top 18 running back pricing on him now. You know, they're going to give you like a top three, top four rookie pick. They're going to give you, you know, a, a wide receiver who's still not... You know, age twenty seven or younger, and has a, a strong track record of wide receiver two or better production. Unless you're getting something like that, you might as well hold him, because even between now and the season, he's going to continue to rise. Speed score is a way uh, to look at running back, or well, really any position speed, but we we use it for running backs typically, and it's a way for us to adjust 40 times for a player's weight. Antonio Gibson in the 2020 class, of course, at the Combine, working out um, kind of with that dual designation. I think he was still actually listed as a wide receiver, if memory serves. But had he worked out with the running backs, we would have seen his speed score of 122.8 lead the class. Everyone lost it when Jonathan Taylor ran a 439 at 226 and threw up a 127, or 121.7 speed score. Well, Antonio Gibson also ran a, 4, a 4.39, and he weighs two pounds more than Jonathan Taylor. Faster when you adjust for his weight, even though you know they would have tied on the stopwatch. Now, a little background on speed score is created by Bill Barnwell. It was introduced in the Pro Football Prospectus well over a decade ago, and uh, Football Outsiders uses this metric. You know, and It basically boils down to Smaller backs are typically faster than larger backs. So, you know, if we see a big fast guy and a small fast guy, it's more impressive, you know, when, when we look at that bigger back. And in the NFL, the bigger and faster you are, it's tended to mean that you would outperform, you know, a back who was smaller but might have run the same speed. Weight, multiply it by 200, divide it by 40 times to the fourth power. Most backs who get into the NFL are going to have a speed score around 100. Uh, you know, kind of the brackets are typically between 85 and 110. You know, again, we're talking Antonio Gibson over 122. When you start getting over 110, that's when, that's when it's pretty impactful. So you get into the 110 plus club. These players are two and a half to four times more likely to hit all of the following rushing yard benchmarks than the average running back. Okay. So, 500 yards per season, 600 yards per season, 700, 800, 900, 1000, the bigger, faster backs, the speed score of 110 plus backs, much, much, much more likely to hit these benchmarks. And so, you know, if you're looking at a large sample of prospects back a couple of decades, it's great that Antonio Gibson throws up this score. Uh, because you know, it it just means he's gonna have an advantage based on his size adjusted athleticism. Okay. Speed score doesn't measure agility and straight line speed and weight. So we gotta keep that in mind. It doesn't mean he's you know, an automatic hit. It it doesn't mean that. But 122.8 versus Jonathan Taylor's 121.7. So Compared to other running backs, even though he didn't touch the ball a lot in college, compared to other running backs, uh, we like his speed and his size. Here's a poll that I grabbed this morning. So, since the year 2000, the entire list of first, second, and third round NFL draft picks with the following criteria met in a single season 25 or more carries with a 10 yards per carry or more average, plus. 25 receptions with a a 10 yards or more per reception average, okay? 25 carries, 25 receptions, and at least 10 yards per touch. Only three guys, Antonio Gibson in 2019, Cordero Patterson in 2012, and Percy Harvin in 2006. And I love this poll. I can't tell you how much I love this poll because... That is exactly like the range of potential outcomes that you could see for Gibson. Now, of course, Patterson and Harvin, neither one was used or deployed primarily as a running back in their NFL careers, but it was a different NFL when those guys played. Unfortunately, I think they would, you know, had they been coming into the league as rookies in 2020, the, you know, these new age OCs would have known what to do with these players as a rookie Patterson did have some success rushing, but you know, it was never, you know, he's never primarily a rusher. And of course he carved out a long career as a kick returner. One of the better kick returners in NFL history as it stands now. And Percy Harvin was just absolute dynamite fantasy stud, absolute dynamite. Antonio Gibson fits with these other two guys. One of them really good NFL player, not necessarily a great fantasy asset. That'd be Patterson. And then, you know, Harvin, a borderline all pro level player, who you definitely wanted in fantasy until he started having the migraine issues. Players who have kind of a weird profile like that, who have gone on and had a little bit of success in the NFL. You know, last August, we had Ezekiel Elliott really start threatening. It became apparent that his his threats to hold out were not hollow. And Tony Pollard started rising up the charts. And by the third week of August, Tony Pollard's going in the seventh round. And in redraft leagues, um, just absolutely spiked. And then he, and then of course he looked fantastic in the season when he got his chance. But let's just draw some parallels, okay? Gibson and Pollard—they're both surprising day two draft picks. They both had limited production files that were kind of unique. They're both absolute rocket ships in the open field, and they're both plus 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 receiving talents. And I tweeted something out to this effect today. And these miserable, just miserable followers. I don't, I don't know what is in their water today. You can't compare these players because Dallas is, you know, so much better than Washington in every single way. Well, I didn't say anything about Washington in this tweet. Just read it. it said Antonio Gibson's shaping up as 2020's Tony Pollard. And here's, here's why I'm saying that. Because of their surprise draft capital. Their unique production profiles. Their open field ability and their receiving ability. I didn't say anything about their teams. Quit creating straw men just to get attention. I I mean, I I hate these kind of replies. I love my followers, love them, love ninety nine point nine percent of my interactions, and I still reply to these guys because you know I'm I'm thankful for everyone who engages with me on Twitter. But I just don't like these types of replies. Like if I had said something about the team situation come at me I didn't more Gibson stuff all right where do I actually think his value should be right now I think he belongs in the sixth or seventh round of startups and and, uh, single quarterback dynasty startups hopefully you're not doing too many of those at this point Um, you know obviously we've been trying to move towards super flex but if you still have the itch for a 1QB league. Don't like Superflex for whatever reason. I think in round six, you start considering him. Mid to late round six. And Superflex, we're going to bump him a round or two later. So seven, seventh to eighth round. If you were going to take him in a dynasty rookie draft, you got to start. The thing is, is these hot players, they just get bumped up to the top of tiers. So I think that 108-ish range is where he's going to be you've already drafted him and you're going to trade him for a 2021 pick. You're going to want to make sure that's a mid pick probably at this point, because like I said, he can still, he can still climb more from here. Let's sum it all up. Antonio Gibson as, as a fantasy asset, as a prospect, what he, what he's always had, what we've maintained that he had at Rotoviz since the beginning, elite athleticism, Elite receiving skill for a player designated as a running back. And he had the draft capital. He got the day two. What he now has that he didn't have a week ago is a very easy path to volume and a year one value spike due to production. When he was behind Darius Geis, a player drafted higher with a lot, you know, more of a college resume and Adrian Peterson, more problematic. You know, he, he basically looks like a, a a third down back only. And then, you know, maybe he gets some slot looks or something like now he can legitimately get David Johnson deployment. He didn't have that a week ago. He has it now. The only box he doesn't check is the college production profile. And even with the skinny profile that he had, a couple first round picks are the guys that come back in his production query and Cordero Patterson and Percy Harvin. Now, before we talk a little bit about how the community is reacting, you know, I've talked about that's my value. What's the community doing? I ran some polls on Twitter. Before we get into that. <laughs> Support for today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below the waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, specifically, we're going to talk about the Lawnmower 3.0 today. I've I got my hands on this thing. I'm telling you, I've never felt better or freer. It's a pretty good experience. All right, I know, like me, you've had those times where you've been in the shower, you want to clean it up. You know, you know it's it's Friday night. Tonight's the night. <sighs> You're you're doing the math. Can I make this work without having a shower bleed? I I mean, guys, I leave those days in the past because Manscaped has redesigned what I think is the perfect electric trimmer for this job. Their engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to the advanced skin safe technology, which is pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, it's premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes. Let's hope it doesn't take 90 minutes. If it's going to take you 90 minutes for this job, uh, it's been way too long, but nonetheless, I know it could do that job if you've neglected this. And and then once you know you've cleaned everything up, Next time, it's not going to take nearly as long. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, get two things done at once, and then you got to clean out this big mess. One of the coolest features, I mean, guys, they really thought about this stuff. It's an LED light, which illuminates the grooming area for a closer and more precise trimming. Look, you know, you don't shed a lot of light in that area. And I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to lay on your back? <laughs> You're going to lay on your back? Get triple mirrors going just so you can see everything that needs to be trimmed. No, you're just going to use an LED light. Not a problem, even in a dark shower. Uh, if you just got like one of those fan lights in your shower and you don't have good lighting in your bathroom, not a problem. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand, it's convenient charging dock. It's powered by a USB. So if you're listening to this commercial right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. I'm telling you guys, get the lawnmower 3.0. anybody who's ever had a dog, you know, you give them a bath, and then they just feel like they're the king of the world. They're running around, they're looking for the nearest tennis ball, you know, rolling around on the grass, happy as could be. That's how you're gonna feel after a trim with the lawnmower 3.0. So trim up your junk, get 20% off, and free shipping with My code, RotoViz, at manscaped.com. Your balls are going to thank you, your significant other is going to thank you, and your mirror is going to thank you. Okay, so get 20% off with free shipping using code RotoViz at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code RotoViz. Okay, which player would you rather own in Dynasty? I asked Twitter, Antonio Gibson or Devin Singletary? Antonio Gibson won the poll 56% to 43% and change. Over 1,500 votes. Wow, that that's a spike. Okay, um, so that automatically puts us into that high-end RB3 range. Uh, Devin Singletary is going RB25 and FFPC Superflex startups uh, at the very end of the sixth round for point of reference. Uh, Which player would you rather own a dynasty, Antonio Gibson or LaVisca Chenault? Antonio Gibson, 55%. LaVisca Chenault, 45%. Over 1,000 votes. I think that one would be more of a mistake. Um, Like, if you were to look at this poll and try to make some trade offers, I'm more on board with the idea of swapping Devin, Devin Singletary for Antonio Gibson than LaVisca Chenault. And it's because Singletary is going to be dealing with Zach Moss. The Buffalo Bills obviously have Josh Allen. Who is going to vulture some you know ten zone five zone you know rushing touchdowns every single year goal line touchdowns every single year and uh, Laviska um, you know we talked about him earlier this spring generates comps in the road of his box score scout of like Michael Thomas level college prospects now in an FFPC in the FFPC maybe you would do this because of the running back premium and the fact that you only have to start two wide receivers. So let's talk about some league settings here. So in FFPC league settings, I'm okay flipping Chenault for Gibson, but you got to know, I think Chenault is much more of a sure thing as a prospect. So, I mean, this, this is a risky move, but you make it because, you know, wide receiver values typically are, you know, you know, there's a, there's a lower cap on them in FFPC. If you're playing in like a, my fantasy football, league or a sleeper league or something like that. And it's mandatory to start three wide receivers and you can start up to five of them or more. I still prefer Chenault. Okay. So those were kind of surprising results. I didn't actually expect Gibson to win either poll, but that just shows you how quickly the community snap reacted, but they haven't gone too far overboard. So I also asked, you know, Antonio Gibson or Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson more than doubled him up and Jerry Judy almost tripled him up. It is a little nuts though. I mean, Gibson acts over twenty percent of people prefer him to Judy. I'm guessing that's like you know, in an average dynasty league, you know, twelve players, eight to nine percent owns Antonio Gibson. So probably every Antonio Gibson owner is answering yes. But then there's a whole nother like ten percent, ten to fifteen percent of responders who still prefer Gibson. So that's that's pretty interesting. So by the time You know this thirty-day news cycle is done, and we've heard the team talk about you know what his week one role might look like, and we actually have an NFL game. You know this could really change, especially with Judy being in that crowded Denver receiving situation now, and with Justin Jefferson, um, you know he's got a clear path to to early workload there. Um, I, you know, and he's got a great prospect profile. I think you want to steer clear of a move like that. Um, We're going to get into the Dynasty mailbag after a quick word from BetOnline and DealDash.com. So sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than with our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. They're all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ. Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, that's BLUEWIRE, to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And have you ever heard of Dealdash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and goes up only 1 cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else only has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. So if you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids on sign up on top of any other discounts available on the site. Go to DealDash.com and use our offer code RotoViz or DealDash.fm slash RotoViz. That's DealDash.com, offer code RotoViz or DealDash.fm slash RotoViz. (music) Dynasty Mailbag. You guys did not let me down. Some great questions this week. So from the Dynasty Command Center Slack, long-time member, Andy, has this question. Who are some rookies you would attempt to trade for before their value skyrockets? So obviously Andy, very intelligently, already looking for the next player that could have an Antonio Gibson-like rise instead of concerning himself with chasing a player he may have missed an early buy window on. So here's what I got for you, Andy. I've been increasingly interested in Anthony McFarland. There's a coaching connection here. I don't want to over-adjust for coaching, but I think this connection is going to give McFarland the leg up and the backup role to James Conner. And we know James Conner is you know, no lock to play out the season. He's been a little bit injury-prone. And we know just how valuable that, that RB1 is in Pittsburgh when Ben Roethlisberger is behind center. So freshman year of college, Anthony McFarland's at Maryland, His offensive coordinator is Matt Canada. Well, Canada is the new Steelers quarterback coach. Okay, he knows how to use McFarland. Perhaps the most interesting thing. So Mike Tomlin leaked that McFarland had been on his radar since 2018 when the Steelers were scouting Derwin Gray. He basically said that um, it was two NFL draft cycles that McFarland was already on their board, um, and he was kind of a no-brainer selection. So, you know, a head coach that loves the player, and had been looking at him 24 months before the NFL draft. There's an influential person on this dealer's offensive coaching staff that's worked with the player before. Can't hurt. In the battle between Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, and Anthony McFarland, and McFarland is just a home run hitter that Snell and Samuels are not. I mean, Samuels has just totally underwhelmed. In particular, probably can get him for maybe like a pair of future thirds, or you know, obviously you can ask for him and throw in deals. So that's your next back to target. his co-owner, Mike Beers, heavy hitter coming with a question. If Christian McCaffrey finishes RB1 again and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire finishes in the top five this year, what is the difference in their dynasty value heading into 2021? Man, that's an awesome question. I think he's asking me this because in the dynasty league we're in together, I own both of the players. And he's probably just wondering how much further behind me he's going to slide. Edwards-Hilaire you know, would have smashed as a rookie, still tied to Patrick Mahomes, still tied to Andy Reid. I think their value is going to basically be even. And I'm probably going to prefer Edward Solaire if this scenario plays out, just because you're going to basically be buying years in a head-to-head trade. You know, obviously not doing this trade today, not saying that whatsoever. We're just talking about, you know, I, I think what Mike is really doing is asking an even more specific question than we answered in last week's Running Back Crystal Ball Rankings episode. So if this type of question, you know, interests you greatly and you missed last week's episode, go back and listen because it's basically this type of conversation for the entire episode. Um, going back to the Dynasty Command Center Slack, Keith Johnston, an OG of the Dynasty Command Center Slack. Fantastic question. Also kind of relating back to the Crystal Ball Rankings episode last week. He said, yes, he uh, as a contender, what should I do with Zeke? Should I keep him for a run or try to get a few pieces and make some smaller moves? Still compete even after moving him. If you're a serious contender, I'm just going to keep Zeke. Um, We can pencil him in. Not even pencil him in. I think you can get a Sharpie out and put him in as a a top five back this year. Certainly, you know, RB1 overall, not, you know, not out of the question. If the Panthers just decide to use McCaffrey a lot differently and Zeke has a little bit better luck with touchdowns um, this year so yeah i'm just i'm just gonna hold you know the cowboys did sign him for six seasons he's gonna be there no matter what through the end of 2021 i still think he's gonna have immense trade value next year if he comes out and produces like we expect him to so keith i, I would definitely just hold there okay so last question this is a little bit more of like a, a strategy question and i've seen this one float around twitter a lot i've seen a lot of different a lot of different analysts uh, that i enjoy weigh in and it seems like it's a pretty split conversation So Elliot Levin at Elliot Props on Twitter asks, with some big name 2021 prospects opting out in a shorter or potentially canceled college season, how are you treating your 2021 rookie picks? Are they more or less valuable than normal? (sighs) I think if you ask 12 Dynasty League players, you're going to pretty much get a split on this. And that's because... If you look at dynasty players, you've got builders and you've got buyers. Builders want the picks. They want to spend the picks and then they want to, you know, have those players accrue value and then trade them for more picks until their team is absolutely dominant. And then you have buyers who are willing to sell the picks to keep their starting lineup stacked so they can compete, you know, year in, year out. And they just need some, you know, good luck with injuries uh, in order to be serious contenders. And so, I, I really think there are two legitimate sides to this. Um, I do really like the twenty twenty one class, and we're going to have to ignore some of the analytics that typically we like to lean on at rid because you know we're going to be missing some data for you know really important players like Rondale Moore, for example. Um, and we're going to have a lot of running backs come into the league um, as twenty two year olds instead of twenty one year olds because you know we had Travis Etienne go back to school, you know, another couple uh, big name guys that's really going to affect how we might, if we only looked on paper and didn't situationally adjust, it might affect how some of these players compare to other years, um, like in a historical profile comparison. But I mean, there's absolutely a ton of talent in next year's class. So I would say we can play both sides of this. If you have people who are saying, you know, I'm going to go buy all the 2021 picks and you know, they're trying to, corner of the market in your league on these picks and you're going to get at least face value or, or maybe even more if you've got multiple picks you can move. Um, I don't have a problem selling 2021 picks, but I'm not like looking to sell out of them. Um, I trust myself to execute on those picks and to be able to adjust um, even amidst the noise this season. And if you guys listen to this show and you subscribe to Rotoviz, you, know, you can combine my podcast uh, advice with the analysis you're going to get in this year's Dynasty command center rookie guide and all the great articles on the site, you're going to be able to do the right things with these picks too. So, you know, I prefer that, you know, listeners of the podcast err on the side of buying these picks. If you're a volume player, you want to play both sides. That's fine, but definitely don't just go divest from all your 2021 picks. I think, I think you'll regret it. That's it for this week's Dynasty Mailbag, and that's actually it for the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you feel comfortable going out and executing your plan for Antonio Gibson. Remember, you can kick Darius Geist to the curb, except in deep leagues where we'll just stash him. Yeah, if you want a question answered on next week's Dynasty Mailbag, just use hashtag DCC Mailbag and at me on Twitter at cpatrickNFL. You'll be in the queue. And if I like your question, I will address it on next week's show. So that's it for episode two. Come back next week for episode three when we will look at some wide receiver crystal ball rankings. Talk to you next week.